And uh, can you get the dog in? All right, you're not going to be like the daily where you start with some clip of somebody shooing away their dog or something like that, right? For the last several weeks, we've been checking in with Bob Wachter, chair of the Department of Medicine at the University of California, San Francisco Hospital. When we first talked back in mid-March, the Bay Area was a hot spot. It really feels like there is this uh, this big wave coming over the horizon, and we you know you can see the peaks of it, but not the full extent of what might be coming. About a week later, Bob and his colleagues were still waiting for the wave. We see reports from and speak to colleagues in New York where it, in fact, has increased cataclysmically. And uh, it leads to this very odd feeling of uh, not knowing whether that's going to be us in four days or we're at least partly dodging the bullet. Now, a week into April, even with cases ticking up, the situation is stable. But there are still hard choices to come. From the Annenberg Studio at the University of Pennsylvania, I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. The projections are maybe another week of continued growth, and then unless people's behavior changes radically, and I don't see that, uh, then we should start uh, beginning to come down, as should even the harder hit areas, although their peak is, is unbelievably higher than ours. Bob, do you think that this is a victory for early social distancing? What what do the folks at UCSF th- attribute this to? I, I, yes, I think there's, there is no question in our minds that San Francisco and California uh, hopped on this thing early. It's interesting, Dan, because you, uh, I think simple narratives often don't work. Um, I was looking at the data yesterday. Texas was relatively late to orders by the political leaders to stay at home. And Texas has also had a very benign course. So it's sort of easy to have as a narrative, we did the right things, we did them early, and we did well. And these other places uh, reacted later. But there are some other places that reacted later that have also done okay. So I think there's a fair bit of uh, luck uh, and, uh, and things that we don't understand. What's been the hardest decision you guys have had to make in the last couple of days, if any at all, Bob? I, I guess the decisions that we were talking about last week, which are, uh, do we begin reopening for these other patients that need medical care, but we have deferred because of our surge planning. We're trying to get patients in who really do need their surgery and it can't really wait much longer. We're beginning to open up some of our outpatient capacity as well. I'd say the hardest one now is when do you... When are you sure enough you are not going to be overwhelmed that you begin sending resources uh, to harder hit areas? We've now reached that point absolutely on PPE, which we have sent away. The governor of California sent back to the federal uh, stockpile a, a number of ventilators that were supposed to be coming to California and said that we don't need them, which I think is brave and correct. The other big decision they're grappling with should they put their faculty and residents on a plane and go help hospitals in New York City? We're trying to decide, is that safe and and, uh, prudent and how to organize that if we do it? I think we're leaning toward doing it. I think it it feels ethically like the right thing to do, but you certainly would hate to do it and see that all of a sudden you have a surge that that you misread and you would obviously hate to do it and have one of your people get sick. But these are all folks that are volunteering for this when they see what's happening with their colleagues uh, you know, in New York. These are now people who have been working nonstop for three weeks. 
They have to be getting exhausted. Many of them are ill. If we were able to send resources that can help them out, that would probably be be a good thing. Bob says with the Bay Area seemingly avoiding that tsunami-like surge of COVID cases, the question now becomes, what's next? If, in fact, we all hit a peak and begin going down, people quite naturally are going to begin thinking about their own life and how it's been disrupted, the economy. The questions of how you come out of a thing like this when the virus is still around, just as deadly as it ever was, uh, the vast majority of people are not immune. Even if you've had it, it's not 100% clear how good immunity is. So the uh, questions of how you get back to something resembling normal, I think those are tougher questions, more nuanced questions. There'll be more regional differences as we begin trying to do more aggressive case finding and quarantine, and the quarantines may not be completely voluntary. You know, I, I was a political science major in college and often wondered, you know, why am I going to medicine when I love politics and sort of thinking about systems and how they work. Uh, this is the moment that I was, I was studying for where sort of public health and medicine uh, butts up against politics and how people want to live their lives. And I think it's going to be really, really interesting and uh, in many ways much harder than what we've seen already. You can find our previous conversations with Bob as well as all of our coronavirus coverage on our website at tradeoffs.org. I'm Dan Gorenstein. This is Tradeoffs. all facing uncertainties as COVID-19 unfolds. We're human beings operating in an incredibly rapidly moving environment with imperfect information. I'm Dan Gorenstein, host of the podcast Trade-Offs, where we examine the complicated policy proposals to improve our healthcare system. Join us for our new series, Coronavirus Conversations. If this wave of infections comes to Philadelphia like it has in Italy... We're going to have to make some tough choices about how we care for patients. Where we talk with people who face hard choices with no easy answer in the face of the outbreak. We realized that we couldn't have enough business to open, so I made the decision to lay everybody off. Trade-offs. Now, dropping multiple episodes into your feed each week. The Tradeoffs team is producers Ryan Levy and Vicki Stern, sound designer Andrew Perella, and editor Leslie Walker. The Tradeoffs theme song was composed by Ty Sitterman with additional music this week from Miscellaneous. Tradeoffs is supported in part by the California Healthcare Foundation, Arnold Ventures, and the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Additional support from the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics and the Center for Public Health Initiatives at the University of Pennsylvania. The views expressed in this episode are those of the individuals and not those of trade-off staff, advisors, or funders. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.